But what we're going to be talking about this morning is something I believe is dear to God's heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if you've been following us, you know that we're talking about the gospel. Yeah. Um, but now at this point in time, we just need to kind of like um, st- have a stopover somewhere and um, ha- you know, discuss something uh, that is kind of relevant to the uh, to what's going. Well, I mean, what's going on in our society at the moment? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. It's all about love, love, love. And I would want to encourage you to. Uh, listen to the podcast or watch the podcast from last week Thursday where we actually tried to unpack a, a few things about love, what love is like, uh, what love is or what love is not, who is in love with you. Amen. And that will really bless you. Um, I, I may touch a little bit on that on what we talked about on Thursday. Okay. Uh, but in this particular uh, service today, we're gonna be we're gonna be asking a question around um, why you got married. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why did I get married? Okay, so this question is not to ch- is not to make you to reconsider your marriage to think Ooh. maybe I should uh, maybe I, maybe I didn't marry right or maybe I mismarry and I think I need to step out of my marriage. You know that's not the aim of this. Now we tie to today's service. Why did I get, did I get married? So that you can think, you can ask yourself questions as we begin to look into God's purpose for marriage. Amen. Amen. So before we get into God, uh, talking about God's purpose for marriage, right? As, and as you retain that question in your mind, uh, I think we should look at a few things that marriage is not. Okay. Before we go into that, I think I would like to make some statement to get us thinking. Now, it is a spiritual offense for you to look for in a person what God has given to you in Christ Jesus. So what God has provided for you in Christ Jesus, if you are not going to Christ to find those things and to have those things, but Mm. choosing to get that from a particular man, you are being a, I don't know what to say. Are you ready for it? A parasite. And this is no disrespect or offense to anyone. You know what parasites do? Let's give it, let me give an example of a parasite. So in, uh, in the animal kingdom, yeah, I think I'm, I, I did some biology when I was in secondary school. In the animal kingdom, uh, okay, I think that's been going too far. Okay, let's put it this way. You know dogs, right? Dogs. And you know these things, uh, is it insects, but I call them not ticks. So oh, yeah. a tick atta- you know, attaches itself to a dog and sucks the blood of the dog. Oh, that is, how do you say it? How do you say it? That's gory. How do you put it out? When something, it doesn't look nice. Yeah, it's gory. gory. <laughs> right. So, so uh, a, t- uh, a tick, it's, it's spelled T-I-C-K. So a tick insect, right, sticks itself to a dog and sucks the blood of that dog, right? And then the dog, you know, by the time you have a lot of ticks on the body of a dog, the, bo- the dog is not looking nice. It's not looking fresh. It's not looking, it's an unhealthy. Mm. I once had a dog that we had, you know, we found a lot of ticks on his body. That was in Nigeria, in the UK. So you don't, you don't, um, you don't um, accuse me for not properly looking after my dog. So in Nigeria, we have um, ticks. We don't, I don't know how to get ticks to get on the body of those dogs. We found ticks there. And then, you know, you know, it's, it's we're crying. The dog was screaming. Oh. Then you figured out that, you know, it has a lot of ticks on the body. So it's uncomfortable and stuff like that. We have to cut pulling out. Then so sometimes we have to apply. Uh, powders and stuff like that from the vet and accuse all the ticks. Mm-hmm. So whether we like it or not, or whether we want to agree or not, that's what many of us are doing to our spouse. When we are demanding of them what God has given to us in Christ Jesus, when we are not going to Christ to find or to discover those things that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that, you know, if we 
have unrealistic expectations of marriage, we will be disappointed. Many people today think that their depression is caused by their spouse. Mm. But what they don't realize is that not all people, many people's, many people's depression in their marriage is as a result of their unrealistic expectation of marriage. I don't think we realize that we, get, we are getting married to a person who is also kind of a victim of the fall of human race. Mm. Right. We are all victims. I don't like to use what's victims point. Permit me to just borrow the word here. So what I mean is we have we are all affected by the fall of the human race. After Adam committed eye treason and sin entered the world. Right? So we are all affected by this. And two people going into a marriage relationship will always be a work in progress. Jesus, the only perfect person. He is the image and the representation of God. Amen. He is the only perfect person. So going to marriage and expecting that your spouse will be perfect <clears throat> is to be preparing your heart for a disappointment. So unrealistic expectation of marriage gets a lot of people disappointed. Also, I also want to call out the fact that I'm not saying that we should condone abusive behavior in a marriage relationship. But when you begin to expect a few things we're going to cover this morning in your marriage, expect, expect them of your spouse, uh, you, you will be heartbroken. Mm. Because your spouse is a person who sometimes are also trying to find themselves. You know, we go through situations yeah. and challenges in life and, uh, you know, we, we're trying to, try to figure things out about our life. What's going on in my life? What, where am I heading, to, heading for? Or what's, what's God saying about me? And at that point in time, when you're trying to figure out your own life, your spouse is expecting you to... Yeah. You know, to be the half and the omega and the everything for them. Yeah. You see what I mean? So <clears throat> I don't want to say too much so that um, we can be friends all through this <laughs> service today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. So um, w- before we carry on, uh, are we, are we, how are we doing with audio? If anybody's having a problem to hear yeah, us, please I, just let me know because okay. <laughs> I this is one of those services that I can afford. I can't afford to have on hold you're not working because I'm not going to record this again. Right. <laughs> so you're going to do that. Right. I can check really quickly. So, so you might interrupt check. the flow. Yeah, that's fine. You just go for it. Yeah. Let me just, just mute us a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one second, guys. Just after you. Okay. I think we're good. We're good. Yeah. Without? Okay. Good. Cool. Right. So audio else, <laughs> we're good. So we've talked about unrealistic expectation of a marriage. Yeah. And what is again, let's say, and then I'm looking for what God has given to you in Christ in somebody else that we should not be parasites yeah amen amen i believe we're going to be friends this morning right amen. and continue to be friends amen okay i have had to i was speaking to myself i've been thinking i've been meditating on a lot of stuff right mm. so we're in the same boat in a sense so you have company right so don't don't take offense right good <clears throat> so what marriage is not hallelujah amen. when you see my wife and i smiling you know that we had some conversation before this mm. number one Marriage is not a source of happiness. You know, when you hear this thing, I want somebody to make me happy. I want a man that will make me happy. I don't want a woman that will make me happy. Okay, I'm going to get my wife to speak because she's the nicer one of the two of us in this marriage. All right, so tell me, say, say something. Let's, you know, marriage not being a source of happiness. What um, I thought, hmm? So, gosh, this is, this is, I want to say that we are not the typical couple, but then we are also the typical couple in the sense that, 
we're not the typical couple because neither of us really wanted to get married initially. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, you know, the way that the world goes on about, well, not just the world, you know, even the church going about, oh, I really want to get married. I've been dreaming about my wedding day since I was eight years old. That was not me. Um, and I don't think it was you either. Well, let me not speak for you. It was not me because I had seen examples. I had not seen good ex- good examples of marriage, mm. you know, growing up. So marriage wasn't a thing that I really wanted to do. Um, so, um, so in my mind, even though I didn't desire marriage, when I did decide to get married, you know, when I did meet um, my well, my boyfriend then, um, now your husband, now mm. husband, mm-hmm. and I saw the kind of person that he was. Okay scrap that when i did meet him i decided yes i'm gonna get married even though initially i wasn't seeking marriage i was seeking i was expecting him to make me happy because that's what you see right when i watch the movies the guy makes the girl happy and then you know that's it so um when he wasn't living up he was a bit like hold on a second what's going on here you know like it's it's strange because I, I didn't I didn't want to get married, but then as you're here now, you might as well make yourself useful and make me happy because you know that's what it's about. It's not about me giving you anything. No, it's about you chasing me and then making me feel like a princess all the time. So clearly, unrealistic expectations. Um, yeah, but you know, why are you laughing? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> because it's a revelation to me, right? <laughs> but then at the end okay, of the day, on. obviously it didn't work. So we had our first few years was challenging for lack of... I mean, there are other words I'm thinking about, but I will just stick to challenging because it's a Sunday, it's service, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so it was it was interesting. Uh, quickly learned to realize that, yeah, it's that's not the way it's going to work. Like, that was a very vivid picture. When you talked about the dog and the ticks, I thought, oh my gosh, like that's yeah yeah so emotionally that's what many of us said but thanks for sharing that one uh right uh you know there are a lot of things you hear for the first time when you bring your wife to meetings like this so i think you guys should set us up to get both of us to to talk in because there are things going on in the mind that probably the back then that i didn't have a clue right uh, and then in this kind of sessions is when i will be able i'll be hearing them right interesting fantastic fantastic now, can you see what i'm talking about now okay let me let, let this kind of go here we're going to go a zigzag man a little bit this morning because mm-hmm. I really want this to be a blessing to you guys, right? Now, um, so can you see that when your expectation of marriage is unrealistic, it doesn't fall or doesn't fall into place with God's plan and purpose for marriage. Uh, okay, we're going to go into that purpose shortly. Because if you don't know what that purpose is, you might be f- find it difficult a little bit to... Uh, kind of align your thought and um, plans to God's perspective. We're going to touch on that, but let's just look at with the things that we've thought marriage was like. That yeah. you know, we are not getting in marriage. You know, so look at the very first two statement I made. You know, especially the first one saying that if you expect from a person what God has given to you in Christ Jesus, you're not going to. You know, you're going to be a parasite. Yeah. So let's look at those things that God has given to you in Christ Jesus right now. So happiness. You now, when I was going through the Bible yesterday, I found a lot of scriptures and uh, that, that uh, talks about happiness. And um, they, the one that stood out to me the most was the one that if you put your trust in the Lord, you will be a happy man. Mm. I guess if you put your trust in the Lord, you you are you will be happy. So marriage is not the place to go for happiness. Yeah. So a question that came to my mind when you were talking was that you know the audience may have a question for us that why did you get married? Yeah. 
okay, she, my wife kind of touched a few things there because she wasn't looking to get married. I wasn't looking, looking to get married. And I don't think I will ever be married, you know, if the Lord has not spoken to me. Somebody say, the God, does God still speak to people about marriage? Yes, it does. Someone like me just has to tell me because I ain't going to be married. Mm-hmm. Because I, because once I see that you have some flaws in your life That's and it. um, it's going to be too much trouble for me, I'm gone. <laughs> And at some point, my one of my friends, Pastor Dyer, was praying for me. He was, he was really getting concerned because sometimes you think he's thinking about the lady and he's thinking, I'm going to get married to this person. You know, the way things are going. Then he asked me about this girl so later on and I said, and I kissed my teeth. It was that like, you fought this person again? You know, so it, 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 the way things were going, it was like, this guy is not going to get married at all. I remember going to Nigeria for my younger sister's wedding. And when I arrived, a few guests came around and they were praying for me that God will also... Uh, provide a mate for me so that I can be married to you. And it was kind of a sympathetic prayer. Oh. And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> right? Do you think I'm looking to get married? Like, so like, this is one of the reasons why I said, we're going to go in a little bit in a zigzag manner. Now, because there's an expectation of the society on you about marriage. Now, so you guys, please bear with me. I minister a lot on word of knowledge. So yeah. I'm going to call out things that were not even in our script. When I say script, I mean in my note. And which I believe God wants to say to you guys. Now, I think one of the reasons why many of us are having problems uh, in marriage is because we are trying to align ourselves with the expectation of our society, expectation of our parent. Mm-hmm. You know, I read in the book of 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul said that, you know what, it's better for you to be single. Oh, all right. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But if you don't have the gifts to remain single, you yeah. better be married. Now, when our mind begins to really align our thoughts with God's purpose for our life, Jesus, the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, that every one of us that whom Jesus died for, we, we should no longer live unto ourselves, but live for him Amen. who died for us. So if our life and our pop, if our life is aligned with God's purpose, if our life is so focused on to on understanding why Jesus died and God has made us partners with him to accomplish his redemptive um, plan on her. So when I say redemptive, I mean to get as many people to come and receive this gift of redemption. Yeah. If a high so focused on that, you will realize that marriage can be a distraction. Yeah. So many of us who are sad, who are depressed, and I might, and we're struggling to think straight about marriage and we're doing all manner of stuff. It shows that there's a huge gap, you know, in our understanding mm. of the essence of life and why Jesus died. And I'm speaking to believers here. Amen. Yeah. So I feel somebody, God wants, wants to speak to someone there that, you know, one of the reasons why you are not happy in your marriage is because of your, you are trying to align yourself with the expectation of the society, expectation of people. But why do we want to align our expectation? Why do we want to align our life with people's expectation and pressure ourselves into unnecessary marriage relationships, so to say? And the reason why I use the word unnecessary is because we know that that, that person we are going to relationship with is not ideal for us. But because you want your mother to be happy, you want your father to be happy, you don't want to be the, the, one, the hard one out among your friends. Can I say something to you? If your friends are treating you as if you don't matter at all because you don't have a man in your life, mm-hmm. those are not the friends you should wow. be having. Yeah. Those are not the kind of friends to keep. Anybody who values you or defines your worth and value based on your marital status, right, does not understand the essence of the Christian life. And no matter how spiritual, or I can, I can see my spirit, I can see a lot of uh, ministers of the gospel who are calling people names because they are not married. In, regardless of the height of the position of that man or that woman of God, if they, if they define your worth and your value and they treat you on the basis of your marital status, it shows they themselves with all due respect, you don't know they understand their calling. 
Because my assignment as a pastor is to build you so that you can do that assignment that God has called you to do. So that you can become that person that God has called you to be in Christ Jesus. Nothing to do with marriage. Not to do with marriage. You want to hear the good news? There's no marriage in heaven. We're going to get there. There's a lot of stuff we have for you guys today. It's a kind of crash course on, on, on marriage. So talking about marriage, I'm still talking about my own story. So if I see a force in the woman, I'm, I'm off. So God has to speak to me. So God still speaks to people about who to marry. Not that God has created a particular person for another person. So single people hear me well. All this nonsense that I hear single people talking about, um, you are the will of God for me by manipulating girls, especially guys, manipulating girls into a kind of romantic relationship with them, all in the name of God said you are, you know, you are the, um, God, said, God said you are my wife, you be my wife. Yes, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, when I was preparing for this last night, I mean, this morning, okay, I pray for the last night. This morning, was I was praying in the spirit, the Lord was speaking to me about a singles ministry is giving me. So, watch out. I'm going to pack a lot of junk. Mm. I'm, I mean, I'm going to expose a lot of junk that the society, the media, the culture has programmed our mind with that is hindering us from being valuable in our marriage relationships or in our plan. Honestly, a plan for marriage. And I'm talking to, to people where who may be caught in or being in a kind of a dating relationship and they are looking at the prospect of marriage. You know, and they, they are just sucking, they are blood sucking people emotionally to the other person because they are trying to meet the criteria of marriage. Holy Spirit, help me this morning because this is not going the way I planned it. Right. You know, another word of knowledge is this. You see, all those, all those wedding planning, those wedding dreams that some people have that, that breaks the bank of their spouse. We, we need to start thinking. All those fairy tale wedding mm. that only breaks your bank and impress people, but does not add any value to your life and to your spouse. We need to start rethinking it. For how long do we want to continue to impress people who don't care about you? After the wedding, once they finish eating, they're gone. Mm. Amen. Amen. So that's another word for someone else. So as someone like me, why did I get married? I got married because, you know, I just knew in my spirit that God wants me to get married and he has a, he has a woman for me. But I've always from the start to be focused on purpose. Mm. I just want to do what God has called me to do. I just want to be who God has called me to be. And that's what drives me. And that's what has gotten me here. Amen. Amen. So uh, marriage is not to make you happy. So don't go and seek happiness in marriage. Next Amen. one. So some people see marriage as a single, as a cure for their singleness. What is something about that? Singleness. Yeah, so you know they are single, right? It still falls in so line with, with societal expectations. So, yeah. Lord, uh, for how long will I continue to be single? Lord. Um, oh, yeah, because, you know, society sees, I don't know, I think maybe, I think definitely in, even in the Western world as well, because, um, but more so where I'm coming from, I'm Nigerian, right? And if you're a certain age Nigerian mm -hmm. and you're not attached to somebody then it's almost like oh like don't worry god will do it like in due time or then it's like okay if uh, you know guys are coming and they're not staying it's like oh there must be something wrong with you meanwhile you just you may just have like high expectations or you know realistic expectations, expectations. but the guys that are coming are just not meeting up to it you know so society almost oh I, I, and then we have now imbibed all of these values. And yeah. sometimes we now start to think of ourselves, like, hold on, is something wrong with me? Or am I, are my expectations too high? Am I setting the bar too high? Should I lower my standards? All of that stuff. And then sometimes we now decide to get with just 
a random dude who clearly does not fit into what you know we would ideally like but because you know you're now 35 or whatever it is you're now settling for this person um as a cure just so that you don't appear to be you know a type of way to society so um that never really ends well because you know in the in your heart that this person is not the one and you're just settling and then eventually what we always say is listen you know everyone's gonna come they're gonna come and eat rice at your wedding yeah this is an african wedding but you know they're all gonna go home it's gonna be you and that person mm. for like ever mm. if you choose to so like it's a serious one and then the repercussions of that is only you that will be dealing with it nobody's going to be there to help you yeah. even in people that you go and see you go and ask for help and i've seen this happen you go and ask your family for help and they'll be like we've given you away now to honor the family you can't not if you leave it's now be a disgrace to the family you're now going to stay in this kind of hellhole because you're honoring the family it just never ends well so if you're looking at it as a cure for, for singleness, you're most likely going to make the wrong decision because you're just trying to fix something as opposed to, you know, marrying the right person. You're just marrying under pressure and for somebody else, somebody else's pleasure, somebody else to be, you know, to be, my English is failing me this morning. But yeah, you're not going to have the right motive for getting married and you're probably going to make the wrong decision. Now, the question is, when did being single become a sickness or a disease? Well, no, you may need to answer that question. When did being single become a sickness or a disease or a stigma? Because nobody was born married, right? And um, so I don't understand how, where we get or how we, how we came across, how we came about um, that logic that to be single at 30 or 35 is a sickness, a disease. No, it's not. Mm. Like my wife was explaining to us. So you get married to this person who is not the right person for you because you, for many reasons, you know your wedding. And you know, right? And you know. Friends, I, I believe God is bringing deliverance to people this morning. It's time for you to take you, the control of your life out of the hands of people who are not responsible um, for what you become in life. Mm. What I mean is this. So... People who would not be the one to bear the consequences of your actions. Yes. Right? It's high time you take your life from the control of those people by trying to impress them. If things go wrong in your life, you will bear the consequence alone by yourself. That's right. People are not responsible for your life. You are responsible for your life. I know we come from African culture. I don't know too much about the uh, British culture, but in African culture, to some extent, with all due respect, parents can be controlling. Yeah. Even when you are an adult, you know, imagine people kind of push you or pressure you into relationship or marriage relationship that you should not have gone into. And when you begin to, when your life begins to fall apart in that marriage, and they're still encouraged you to stay there. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be, you have to stay because, you know, men are like what? These men are like that. Blah, blah. All these things are lies. Yeah. The Bible says that God has called us to a life of peace. Jesus said, peace I live with you. Peace I give you, not as the world gives. Mm. We are not trying to get the kind of peace of the world whereby when you are considered, when you're married, right? You, you, you say, ah, she, so they look at you this way. She's married with kids. God has blessed that she has a boy, she has a girl. There's nothing else she doesn't have. God is good because it's faithful. 
They don't care whether you're struggling in that marriage. Ah, you begin to bear it. Can you say something is not right with that thinking? Because yeah. it tells us that the people who are controlling our life in a sense do not have a sense of purpose. They, purpose. I don't want to say purpose here. God-given, God-ordained purpose. Mm. Friends, you are called to live for Christ. You Amen. are called to live for God. You, have called, you are called to become who God has called you to be. And you are called to fulfill the destiny. Amen. Amen. It will make more sense by the time we get into some topics. Now, look at this. Like I was trying to find you a cure to singleness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8 and 9, he said, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. Did he say bad? Paul was single. Paul was never married. And Paul is saying here that it is good for them to remain. So to be single is a good thing. Say after me to be single. To be single is a good thing. Is a good thing. To be single. To be single in the Lord. In the Lord is a good thing. Is a good thing. Repeat after me. To be single. To be single. <laughs> yeah, to be single in the Lord is a good thing. Mm. If you take your time to read First Corinthians, you know, time will not allow to go into that. Uh, Paul will tell you that when you get married, guy, you have problems. <laughs> <laughs> you have problems. You know that when you get married to a person, you're not married that person alone. You are marrying into your family. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, just pray that you don't have some beast of Ephesus um, among in-laws because they, will, they will, can snuck life out of you. Mm. I've seen mar- marriage relationships whereby the spouse is good, yeah, uh, but the family are horrible. Yeah. And because the spouse is very connected and tightly connected to the family, he or she gives op- gives room or op- give access to the family into yeah. their home frustrating the life of their spouse and some spouse can be so unintelligent that they can't even see that their family is killing their spouse yeah and they keep opening the door for people to come in praise the lord Then carry on i i just want to say that um this is going to be like uh, this is almost going to be a challenge for a lot of us because why we've lived in the society forever right mm-hmm. we were born into it we've been we've had it ingrained into us that you know being single is bad you know it, it will take like mind renewal it will yeah. take you intentionally wanting to know a different type of knowledge yeah. right so because y- y- even mm. you you're probably thinking no 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 the no me being single you're probably arguing with the camera right now saying me being single is actually a problem because i actually do want to get married there's nothing wrong with you wanting to get married yeah. but on just understanding that being single is not a bad thing no God can use you in your single. In fact, he wants to use you because this is the time where you have capacity to give him your full attention, right? As opposed to when you're distracted in marriage, not necessarily a bad distraction, but just generally now you've got other things to think about, right? And so that's what we're trying to say. It would, it would take a lot to really change your mind. I just want you to be open-minded and to allow God to really speak to your heart about changing the way you think about being single yeah a lot of people have it's, it's also a stronghold people yeah. actually really believe and i think they like to believe bec- i don't know why that you know there's something wrong and they have to fill that void or, or cure themselves of being single okay <laughs> like i said my wife is a nicer one thanks for calling that out so the question is this so all the meetings you've been attending or the meetings that people have been attending they asked them to write down the dates they want to get married. Mm. They had them to supposed to sow a special seed for marriage. So the question is this, how is that working? How is that working? Somebody may want to challenge me saying that only because you are more of a business person in, your, in the way you think. So you're always thinking about return on investment. 
At least if, some, if somebody said to me that God told them to sow a thousand dollar seed for my marriage, that next year I'll be married, at least I should see the result. Mm. And you've done this sacrifice and this seeds for many years, nothing has happened. They asked to write down a date. Let, let, now, let me, let me expose the fallacy and the deception in that data writing thing. Let me write, let me, let me, let me expose it. Yeah. Now, you are getting married not to a robot, but to a person, a human being who have a mind of their own. Mm. So you want to pray a person who has his own faculty. You want to pray and manipulate them to, to meet your own dates. Somebody is deceiving us. Even if a man or a woman shows up on the scene, it's our responsibility that we take our time to examine this person, to evaluate their motive, to understand whether they are for the Lord or against the Lord. Because not every brother or sister in the church who appear to be for the Lord are for the Lord. Yeah. Jesus speaking, book, the book of Matthew chapter 8, I believe he said, talking about false prophet actually, uh, but I also apply to Christians, said, by their fruits you shall know them. By their, not by how they appear. He said, uh, false prophets, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing. So, which means they have an intention. He's not talking about imperfect people like you and I. He's talking about people who come with intention to deceive. Mm. Wow. People who come in with intention to destroy you, who come with intention to steal from you, to use you to fulfill their own motive, their own agenda. And he says, this guy, these guys will come innocent, they will appear innocent, they will speak nicely, but they have an intention. And many of such people are out there. He said, by their fruits you shall know them. So you got to take your time to carefully examine, you know, their, the consistency of their character, moral character, and godliness, mm. and choice, decisions. You have to examine that consistency you know, uh, you have to you know, examine that consistency against how they present themselves. So, if you are going by a particular date, and one of these uh, wolves in sheep clothing show up on the scene, because you are thinking by date, you are walking to a date, you see, there's every tendency for you to not see what you should be looking at. Yeah. So when we are working in deception and lies, and writing now a date for the day you want to get married by force, whether heaven we allow it or not, is a form of deception. Many people will not like it. But the question is, how many people has a date writing worked for? This is why I like Christians to be intelligent, to think with me. Say, you don't need to attack me. No, no. Just let us think, has it worked for you? How many dates have you been writing down? How many of them have worked? So people who have written now a date and got married on that date now go and check their marriage how is it working i'm not saying Thank all of them you. are not good mm -hmm. how is it working because i know people who wrote, who wrote down date got married by the date right and were beaten out of the marriage mm. i mean beaten serious beaten i know it's, it's, it's sounding as if i'm not being sensitive i'm also pathetic right but i need to paint this picture so that you can you know when some slab just go on your face papa right wow. you're seeing star i get it maybe that will make some people wake up See, my heart feels for feels sad for people who have been emotionally, physically abused in marriage. You know, my mom was abused in marriage, kind of stuff, but she wasn't a Christian. You know, we, we were we we're all Muslims. You know, she I was raised in kind of Islamic religion stuff like that. So I understand those kind of situations. But I'm talking about believers here. So I'm not don't don't generalize what I'm talking about here. I'm applying this to believers, talking believers, Christians. 
who wants to go by a particular date is a lie, is a deception. Mm. Because you are dealing with a human being who has a mind of their own. They can choose not to they can choose not to go ahead with that marriage on that day. If your heart, your life, and your destiny seems to be tied to that marriage date, that things will not work for you until you're married. If that person messes up, your life will fall apart because you think your life is gone, ended. Mm. Come on. What so tell who told you that you don't have a life until you get married? That's a bloody lie. Jesus did not come to die for you on the basis of your marriage. On the condition of marriage, no. It came to die for you as a person that you may be reconciled and restored to the Father Amen. in an eternal relationship. Come on, let's get this thing right. Amen. Amen. See, I have a lot to cover. So, uh, we're going to rush the next two and then in our future meetings, we're going to really unpack much more. So, uh, so singleness is not a disease or sickness, right? Um, and don't call it singleness. You are single in the Lord. <laughs> Developing yourself. You know, charging yourself. Preparing Amen. yourself for great works, for good works. Jesus did not recreate your marriage. He recreate, no, God did not recreate your marriage. He recreated you, you are individual as a person in Christ Jesus unto good works, Amen. to do good works. Man, Amen. we must get to that purpose of marriage. Yep. So we're going to rush this and then we get into, you know, the fundamental purpose of marriage and then we shut down. Now, so we said it's not a source of completion. Mm-hmm. And people say, you know what? I need somebody to complete me. Did, baby, did I complete you? and it's supposed to complete me Colossians 2 9 and 10 the Bible says that you know verse 10 it said you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power come on see we don't go into marriage for somebody to complete us Mm -hmm. we are complete in Christ and we take our completeness to marriage Mm -hmm. and when complete versus complete come together no versus complete and complete come together they what they do explosive works for the kingdom of the father come on Amen. 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 You see, when people see themselves as victim and broken, and they need somebody to come and feel the brokenness in their heart, they are what ticks, because they will be sucking life and blood out of the other person. Mm. So before you go into marriage, you are not okay. I'm married now. Before you go into marriage, you need to understand the, the source of your completeness. Let's go. Colossians two nine and ten. Let's read it. So in case you want to have something to hold on to as we go because i didn't write the bible right so and this is new king james version said for in him talking about jesus dwells all the fullness of the god and bodily <coughs> excuse me and you not me no marriage he said you no he didn't he wasn't referring to marriage i said and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power my friends you are complete you are perfect in christ jesus Amen. you are whole in christ jesus now our journey as believers is to become who we, god has made us to be in our spirit mm-hmm. to make it evidence to make it live in our mind the way we think in our way of li- li- thinking now we are living in our emotions. That's the journey. And that's the assignment God has given to my wife and I to discover who God has created us to be in Christ Amen. Jesus and to become it. Amen. Because if we have not become if we are not it originally, we cannot become it. Amen. Amen. Completion. I just really like the um passion translation. Mm-hmm. For he is the complete fullness of de- deity living mm-hmm. in human form. And our own completeness is now found in him. Hallelujah. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Just like you've said, completeness is only found in Christ Jesus. Yes. He's the one who completes us. No human being 
human being i'm just thinking like how fallible like a human being is no human can actually complete us and i, I when you watch like the hollywood movies oh he completes me he, i wish that they showed the story that what happens after like they yeah. forever uh, the, uh, you know the, forever, the, happily the, ever the after, after what happens after uh, that like you know and that's why 50 percent 50 percent of marriages fail something is wrong with this picture we cannot be getting our inspiration and our um inspiration from what's happening around us if 50 percent of them are not doing it right something is not right so yeah there's so much that i feel like saying maybe i should really mention them you know i, I, I would like to connect what my wife just talked about back to the fact that something i said earlier on and the fact that when you're marrying a person, you, you're not marrying just that lady or that's just, just, or just that guy because they didn't, they didn't fall from heaven. Mm. Many of them have a family. They have an history, they have a past. A life have beaten them one way or the other. So when you're marrying, you are marrying a lot. Right? And whatever is oh. of that person, whatever is in that person's life will show up when you get married to them. Yeah. So this is not to discourage people from getting married. Marriage is fantastic. We're going to get into the purpose of marriage very, very soon. Right? But we take our completeness into marriage, not to go and seek completion in, in people who are not complete themselves. Yeah. So two, so two people, the bad man and the woman, you know, they are completing Christ Jesus and trying to make this completeness in Christ Jesus become evidence in their life. The fact that they know they are completed in Christ Jesus, right? They are complete in Christ Jesus. They will not, they will not have false and unrealistic expectation of the other person. They will not be seeking their joy in somebody else. They will, they will rather take happiness to that marriage. Even when they get married and they are doing their stuff, you know, building their life together and stuff like that. You know, when their spouse is not acting right or the in-laws come in and start acting funny, right? You know, those people, the other party now, ought to be happy that their completeness is not in human being because some in-laws can trash you. Mm. and they will do some not all of them but many many of them anyway praise god <laughs> yeah. all right so uh marriage is not a complete i'm just going to touch on the, uh, the next point marriage is not a cure for fornication mm. right so some people say you know because i don't want to keep i don't want to keep uh, fornicating uh, let, i want to get married and i've seen people rush into marriage because they don't want to keep sleeping around but can i tell you something uh fornication is driven by lust mm -hmm. right on healthy desire and craving for sex after the marriage now, if a person is struggling with lust, they will soon realize that marriage will never can never be a cure to lust issues. Yeah. Right? Marriage will never be a cure to lust issues. And marriage sometimes can um I don't want to say marriage will, uh, but there's more to that. Because the thing is this for single people, when you're not married, right, you see single people who are thinking right, you know, who fear the Lord and walking with the Lord, you know that. You should put up some boundaries around you and not give yourself easily to sex. Mm -hmm. Now, for a person who is struggling with lust and don't deal with it and think, say, and see marriage as, as a as a cure for lust, you know what they do? Uh, when they get into marriage, you know their guards, their boundaries, their walls, their defense, everything is down, right? So they will not be too cautious of not cautious of not doing some things they should not do. So what that means? Because they now have a kind of license to have sex <laughs> you know what that means it opens the door for adultery very easily because things they should not think things they should not look at if they were single right in marriage they're free to think about it think about sex thinking about uh, thinking about sex with the spouse okay now i have kids in the church right right, right. i guess so i'll not go more than that right so adults you get what i'm talking about so 
marriage will not cure fornication, right? It will not cure lust, mm. right? So people got to fix whatever issues going on in their mind, yeah. right? Before they get married, yeah. right? Else they will be breaking the heart of their spouse. Yeah. So finally, as we get into the purpose of marriage. So all, all of those questions, right? All of those points we just covered, why they get married? Did you get married because you want to cure singleness? Did you get married because you, you're looking for completion? And the question is, how is that working for you, right? Uh, did you get married because you want, do you think it's an escape to stop fornicating? How is it working, mm. right? Uh, did, you, did you get married because you want to, uh, we didn't touch on um, loneliness. loneliness. Uh, <laughs> that's another, okay, well, a lot of people are lonely in their marriage. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why, um, the adultery industry is really booming because people feel lonely in marriage, right? Um, I feel like talking about that, but we'll talk about that one in future. But I was, I want to say that, you know, choose to find a deep, choose to build an intimate and deep relationship with the Father, whereby you are contented with the Father, contented with your identity and your purpose in Christ Jesus, Amen. and you don't feel lonely, right? You can, you can have everything everything that other people in the world think uh, or define as success. You can have everything in the world and still be very, very lonely. Yeah. You know, the only cure to loneliness is an intimate relationship with the Father. Come on. Because he's the one who can never change. And he lives on the inside of you. Because loneliness is a, thing, is a feeling of the heart. Yeah. And when you have Jesus there, when you, when you have an assurance and a confidence and a real experience of the Father dwelling in your heart, Loneliness can't find a place to thrive. Mm -hmm. Because if you allow loneliness to stick in your heart, right, you will be, you find yourself trying to latch onto people and you can be controlling, you can be abusive because you're trying to use people to make you not feel lonely. And this is very, very damaging to be to your spouse's mind and heart and your children. Yeah. Amen. So we need to go work on our heart and work on our relationship with the father and look at the sources of our confidence, the sources of our, of our health, sources of our joy. Mm -hmm. Because if a source of our joy is in things and because things are fickle, things are always changing, we'll never be stable. Mm -hmm. And always every day, because things are always changing, we'll always come to that point where it's, you feel the emptiness again. But the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God never changed. And his love for us is massive. If we can begin to really experience the love of God for us, even when your marriage is falling apart or things are not working, right? Your joy is secured because, because you are filled with the abundance of the joy that comes from Christ with the mind of man cannot explain. Amen. 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 All right. So let's keep some stuff. We, we talk more about stuff in future. So what's the purpose of marriage? Let's go to the very, very beginning. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Genesis 2.18. Come on. Right. Now, um, verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Right? I will make him a helper comparable to him let's carry on to 25 out of the out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the field and every bird of the herd, and brought them to adam to see what he would call them and whatever adam called each living creature that was its name so adam gave names to all cattle to the birds of the hair and to every beast of the field but for adam there was not found a helper comparable to him 
And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to uh, the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So, for 18 says what? He said, And the Lord God said, It is good. For, it is not good for man. It's not good that man should be alone. Now, who said it was not good for man should be alone? Was it the man or God? God. So, God ordained marriage. God is one who brought about this man and woman coming together. On what basis? On the basis that he has a purpose. He has a plan for man. And God sees a oneness in the man and the woman coming together to create explosion, to have explosive result in fulfilling his, his plan and agenda for humanity. He said an helper. Helper to, to, what, to do a thing. So ultimately, it's about the plans and the purpose of God for humanity. Mm. You know, <laughs> I've had all manner of marriage videos or listened to a lot of marriage messages and I've hustled all kind of stuff and they tend to ask the man, what's your vision? What's your plan? What's your assignment? And everything's about the man. Are you looking for a helper? Mm. Now, listen to this. In Christ Jesus, there's no male or female in him. Come on. Mm. So, in the New Testament, the New Testament believer, the man and the woman has a purpose. Because when the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, Second Corinthians 5 14. I will slow down. He said, hey, Let's go there. I think you should read for us. I don't want to leave this point because this is where I get excited. Um, does it matter what version? Uh, Second Corinthians 5 14. 14. Mm -hmm. This is the NLT. Mm -hmm. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Mm -hmm. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our old life. Mm hmm. Now, verse 15 said, mm -hmm. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Did they say Christ died for men ah. so that men can find their purpose, have a calling to ministry, and then the woman come and support hmm. the man? No. Mm -mm. Jesus died for everyone. Come on. Everyone is called to ministry. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has an assignment. And this is why I like Andromas' definition of marriage. That marriage is two people working together to fulfill God's plan and purpose. To fulfill, to fulfill God's vision. Amen. So those teachings about the man must the have man. a vision. Yeah. It's about the man. It's about the man. They are not correct because mm -hmm. in the Old Testament maybe. But in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, right? Before Jesus came to the earth. It was ultimately about the plan and the purpose of God. Yeah. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. He did not say we are God's workmanship. He did not say the man is God's workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. Come on. So, as a lady, if you are looking for someone to marry, and you are looking for a man who has a vision so that you can align yourself and you don't discover your own assignment and purpose in Christ, you are mistaken. 
Because in the New Testament, Jesus died for both the male and the female. There's no male and female in him, which means there's no gender discrimination. Yeah. We are all spirits called to live for Jesus. I come to 2 Corinthians 5.15. We are all to live our life for Christ. Mm-hmm. So our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God, will open our eyes to see how God wants us to work or function in his agenda, his redemptive agenda for humanity. Yeah. And it might take any form. So everybody must find their place in Christ. And when two people find their place in Christ, the part that God wants them to play, and they come together in unity, there's an explosion. Genesis chapter 11. Now, when, when those guys were trying to build the Tower of Babel, right? Mm-hmm. God said, these people are one, and there's nothing impossible. Genesis uh, 11, Genesis 5, 11 and 5 and 6. 6. Let's go there. Genesis 11, 5 and 6. Mm-hmm. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Mm-hmm. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Can you see the power of unity? Now, so God wants man as ordained that man and woman come together. Man, male, woman, man, male, woman, female to come together. No mama, no one woman. Man, woman, come together in the confines of marriage. Mm. And there's so much that he wants to accomplish come through on. them. Amen. So it means that to the degree that we have a revelation understanding of the plan and the purpose of God for humanity through Christ Jesus, to that same degree, we will be able to work in our marriages or we'll be able to unite ourselves in our marriages to fulfill that assignment. So if we don't have a revelation, understanding of God's plan and purpose for humanity through Christ, we cannot unite to fulfill that assignment. So if you want to get married, you got to get God first. You got to secure yourself with God first. Sort yourself out with God. I'm not saying you should be perfect because I wasn't perfect when I got married. But I'm trying to say that there's a big picture that is centered around God, centered on God, God's purpose, centered on Christ uh, for marriages. Mm. And it's not gender determined. It's individual specific. And that's why when two before, before two people get married, they better really understand, take their time to pray, to know whether this person is in that line or they want to... And not necessarily that they have discovered exactly one kind of ministry that god has given to them mm. no it's about that consciousness that i'm a child of god and he has a plan and purpose for me yeah i'm working with the lord i may not know exactly what he's calling me to do right now but i keep working with the father Amen. serving in my local church being a blessing to people evangelizing ministering the gospel to people and the time will come he might open my eyes, he will open my eyes to say exactly what he wanted me to do. So I'm saying to you, young lady, if you have been forcing your husband to come up with a fake vision because one man of God or some people have told you that, no, the man must have a vision. <laughs> you are deceived. Mm. Because the fundamental thing is that you know Christ, he knows Christ, and you both are working together Amen. to fulfill God's plan and purpose. Amen. 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 So that's just kind of a summary of of God's uh, purpose for marriage is centered around him. It's yeah. centered around Christ. Mm. 
So before the fall of mankind, right, there was no redemptive plan of God in place, so to say, even though we know that Christ was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, right? But things were fine. Those guys were in relationship with God, right? So everything God does is around his plan and his purpose for us. Amen. Amen. So let's get this right. When a husband, when a man and a woman come together in, in holy matrimony, right, uh, there's so much that God is able to do through them if they would understand the purpose of marriage, mm-hmm. that this is about Christ, this is about God. Yeah. Individually, we are called to live our life for Christ. Both of us will together come together to seek God's plan and purpose, what he wants to do with this union. Mm. We saw there in the book of Genesis chapter 11 that when you and your spouse are united and don't allow division and you're focused on Christ, there's, there's no limit to what you guys both can achieve. There's no limit. Amen. And marriage, I believe, is one of th- that union that God wants to use um, the the force of unity because there's all of the marriage because I have kids in church today. I can't talk, I can't go too much in it. But there's a there's a unity in marriage that no other kind of relationship can. There's a level of unity in marriage that no kind of other relationship can attain mm. because of the intimacy that goes between the man and the woman. Because the Bible says that they shall become one flesh, not friends, one flesh. And there's a there's a there's a there's a dynamic is not is under is is underplaying it, but there's a, there's a superb, you know, uh, synergistic effect that marriage produces if people can only discover it and look in the right direction amen 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 so our prayer now is lord open my eyes to see to understand your plan and your purpose for me help open my eyes to see who i am in christ jesus Mm. open my eyes to see your purpose for marriage you pray the same thing for your spouse and you guys keep praying and working together, working on your marriage. And this is why in marriage, one of the work we do in marriage is to foster intimacy, foster unity. Because with unity in marriage, there's no limit to wait to what God can accomplish to both of you. Amen. 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 All right, thanks, God. We hope that blesses you. There's more to uncover, but let's just stop on that one flesh idea. Even Paul said in the book of um, Ephesians chapter 5, he said, hey, when he when he, when he, rec- he recorded... Um, the account in Genesis chapter 2, mm. uh, he said, he said, this one flesh phenomenon, or so to say, or, or mystery, it's, is a, is a mystery that he cannot, under, he cannot understand. Let's get, let me read, one. let me read the, the Passion Translation. I saw that and I thought, oh, this is good. Ephesians 5 verse 31, or, well, 31 and 32. For this reason, a man is to leave his father and his mother and lovingly hold on, hold to his wife. Since the two have become joined as one flesh marriage is the beautiful design of the almighty a great and sacred mystery meant to be a vivid example of christ and his church amen amen that's so good that's so good amen so even paul said um how, how, this is the verse 31 31 31 okay well technology is um acting up now right we're out of we out of time yeah. to, so uh so for this reason so a man yeah blah mm-hmm. blah blah uh, you want to change version? That's what I like the verse 32. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. Marriage is a beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery. Right? A great and sacred mystery. And um, uh, let's read the new, new uh, what's it? Um, let me go there. I like what, what how Nick and James says it. Nick and James. 
So, uh, verse 32 says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You know, if you read in between the line, Paul is saying it's beyond the comprehension of the human mind. The best I can do is to relate, is to, <laughs> is to, uh, speak in terms of the marriage between Christ and the church. It's a great mystery. It's something beyond what the mind can comprehend. Amen. So, mm-hmm. If marriages are not working and parties are just bickering and fighting, to a very much extent, it shows that provided there are no issues around they are coming together, we don't want to go there. What it just shows that, it, what it shows is that people have not come to really understand that marriage is about God and they don't already, they, they have no clue about the revelation and the insight of God's agenda for marriage, plan for marriage. If they do, all this fighting and divorce and you know, any, any slight thing, I'm packing my load, I'm leaving. What does it mean? Um, he, I told him to come to my mother's house because we have Sunday roast every Sunday and now since married, he said we're not going to be having that Sunday roast anymore. Really? Sunday roast? Leave your husband because of Sunday roast? <laughs> Thank you guys for connecting with us. <laughs>